Hello and welcome back to another of our Making Zen Conversations with Artists. This afternoon we have the pleasure of speaking with Lisa Agarin and I'm just in the process of sending her an invitation so that she can join us too. Making Zen is about to start next week on Monday the um, first of the classes are beginning, so lots of excitement and anticipation. And hello, How I'm not used you? to IG Live, so um, this is kind of strange. <laughs> it, it is a little bit, yes, that's very true. Um, you sometimes your head gets chopped off. I was wondering, off or, do I put an iPad <laughs> horizontal or vertical? So I guess I got it right. Yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. what did you end up doing vertical, and then it, it actually crops it perfectly so okay. yeah <laughs> yeah <Interesting. laughs> just play that's what I was trying to avoid doing this which is getting everybody busy yeah <laughs> yeah it's a, it all takes a, a bit of practice but it's I think that in some senses is what making Zen is all about too, isn't it? It's about play. It's about practice. It's about having fun and um, mm -hmm. getting in touch with our creativity. Maybe not with <laughs> iPhone positioning. Yeah, but... <laughs> it's also trusting yourself when something goes wonky and you know how to just navigate that unexpectedly, right? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Yes. And if you can navigate those kind of things in your stitching, then it just gives you the confidence to be able to navigate it exactly. in any scenario, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny um, that you should say that because I was talking to um, Erica Amazing this morning and we were talking about those kind of um, benefits of stitching and even Miriam of um, Miriam Textiles was talking about how just from that slow act of stitching and working through a pattern and completing something it gives you this confidence and it's such a gentle form of confidence. Yeah I, I, I believe that too I believe in any creative process the very thing that you learn through the creative process you can also apply in life. So, yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it, it totally is, isn't it? And the more I learn about the benefits of stitching and all creativity, I just think that's fabulous because for me, it's, it's such a guilty pleasure. I love doing it so much. And I'm sure for a lot of people, it's the same as well. So to realize that there are also virtues um, and things of benefit as well as just the fun right. of and enjoyment of creating it's yeah it's, so cool. it's, uh, it's my go-to when I just need to get grounded and sometimes if I have a stressful day I, it starts to pull at me a little bit more to retreat to that creative process just for a little bit of peace and a little bit of zen so yeah mm -hmm. what do you like to um go to in those kind of moments do you have a particular method of working or well i have like so many up? different projects going with different mediums so it's whatever i'm working on in the moment um i like to just jump in so I don't, i'm not really planning anything so if i'm working on my wabi-sabi art journal mm -hmm. 
for that week or that month or even months at a time, then I can just jump in on any page or even the stitching if that's what I'm doing for that month. So that way when I feel like I just want to just retreat to that space, I can just go there. I don't have to think about, okay, what am I going to work on now? You know, I can just dive in mm. at where I left off. Mm. I love the sound of your wabi-sabi. Sure, Would you like sure. to share a little bit more about um, that? It's my signature workshop. I've been teaching it for um, several years now. And it really is mostly about, um, well, I talk about the wabi-sabi philosophy about finding beauty and imperfection. It's also getting to a place where you can allow the creative process to be organic, spontaneous, being open to the unexpected, um, allowing yourself to be imperfect and have it be messy and not really know what you're doing and being okay with the fact that you don't know what you're doing but you're just surrendering to being fully <laughs> present. And then we apply that into the journal pages. Um, the wonderful thing about my Wabi Sabi journal is that there's no stitching to bind the pages and the signatures. I actually use fabric tabs to actually put the signatures together. And um, the, the journal just holds together really well with those fabric pieces, yeah. Wow. So um, because I was wondering when you said the Wadi Sabi journal, whether it was creating the journal or creating things inside mm -hmm. a journal, but it sounds it's like actually it's actually the process of building the journal yeah. and then applying techniques that have captured that Wadi Sabi style in the journal pages. Oh, how wonderful. And for people who are going to be participating in your course next week mm -hmm. it's stitch based yeah. but is it that same kind of philosophy and way of being yeah. as your wabi sabi journey yeah because i i think yes. the idea mm -hmm. of being spontaneous can be a little intimidating but i but it's really about mm. being present and surrendering to the present moment um grabbing those little pieces of fabric scraps and just stitching it to that one piece and not having to feel like you have to pre-plan some kind of project. You're just actually being present with the stitching process. So it is wabi-sabi, yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, I abs absolutely love that. And um, I think it's a, a really great concept to embrace in all areas of life, but particularly um, art because a, a lot of the time when we start off in a, a, a new realm or new way of working we have these great visions of where we want to be not realizing that as a beginner there's many steps that you have to take and lots of practice to get to where you're you instantly imagine you're going to be and so wabi sabi is very much part of that process of embracing the imperfections um, and enjoying them for what they are as opposed to discounting yeah. them as horrible mistakes and yeah. wanting to uh, and you bring up a good point because I think being an artist most of my life and going to art school 
you almost lose that sense of play. You almost lose that beginner's mind. And when I'm teaching and I'm, I always feel so humbled when I see my students ha still have that beginner's mind. And that is sometimes important to get back to when you've had a lot of art experience and a mm -hmm. lot of creative experience. That beginner's mind um, takes you to that place of being able to be okay with what isn't perfect and what is organically happening or unfolding without having to control it, without having it to be something specific. That all comes from that place of learning something new. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. it's, I think that's very important to maintain. Mm, absolutely. And not to mention too, um, with beginner's mind, I think sometimes you don't have the same uh, pressure on yourself to create to a certain level or expectation. And you're not conformed by rules so much because when, when you're doing something new and for the first time, you might not be aware of all the kind of like the rules that enshroud doing a certain project process in a, in a certain way and that itself is quite um, a great place to come from as well because mm -hmm. rules are great and they help get you places but sometimes yeah. rules can be restrictive so it, it's nice to have that yeah. freedom and flexibility within yeah I, I tell my students yeah. I often put, I often put them in the deep end I throw them in the deep end so they can discover that they can be creative and artistic and then we add a little bit of structure and we add principles that they can then apply to developing their creative skills. But yeah, it's if they can remember, okay, I'm learning something new. I'm not going to do this perfect. It's not going to look right. It's going to look messy. It's going to have an ugly, messy middle. But uh, to be patient and compassionate with yourself during the creative process to say, I'm learning, I'm beginning, um, and I will get there. So, you know, versus starting mm -hmm. off very harshly, which I think we all are pretty hard on ourselves. But yeah, to maintain mm -hmm. that beginners, giving yourself permission to be a beginner. Yeah, totally. And I always think back to my experiences when I'm trying something new for the first time. It's incredibly humbling because you go from being very proficient at a certain technique or way of working and then suddenly you have no idea what you're doing and your fingers are yeah. all thumbs and, you know, all that kind of thing. So it's... it's um, it can be quite confronting yeah. in some senses. It's also quite liberating in others. But, you know, it's it's this real gamut of emotions, I think. So it's like you say, being okay and letting yourself acknowledge yeah. that that's what's yeah. going to happen too. <laughs> yeah. And um, we were talking about the creative journey and, and beginner's mindset. I'd love to hear about your creative journey. How did you get into... The, um, well, I'm, doing I've been moment. an artist most of my life since I was a kid. I was always doing something creative, always drawing, painting. Um, I entered art school as a graphic designer, right? Because I had a teacher say, well, you can't make a living as a painter. So I chose graphic design. 
and um and it was great. I learned a lot of skills, but like I said, I, I really lost that sense of play and being spontaneous. So when I decided to be, you know, enter that place of, I'm going to actually explore mixed media because I originally was painting realistic paintings of flowers, landscape. Mixed media was more spontaneous a little bit more free and experimental which was which captured my curiosity and i started to venture into that um, way of creating art um, immediately my graphic designer part just kind of started saying yeah but it has to be this it has to be that lined up and it has to have some structure and i really had to fight up against that in order to free up that creativity but it was always it was always there and it took practice um it took practice to start mm -hmm. to allow that voice to to you know become softer and be able to allow myself to experiment. Oh, well, what happens if I do this? And, and oh, that turned out really bad. That's okay. <laughs> I'm learning. So, um, and I also mm. went to school to become a therapist where I worked primarily with creative individuals. So I became also a creativity coach and really was just um, very intrigued with the creative process, the creative personality, and the ebb and flow and the struggles and the bliss of being a creative person and living a creative life. Yeah. Mm. How fascinating. Um, I could do a deep dive just into that topic alone because the, like you say, living the creative life and um, everything that's associated with it, like you have, I guess, the um, society's understanding of an artist being the poor struggling artist, but, you know, alone in their studio and all that kind of stuff. But there's so many different artists and so many different ways of working and so many different ways of, of living a creative life. So it, it would have been fascinating, I could imagine, to, to be um, experiencing yeah. all these different and, individuals. And um, yeah. really getting insight into all the different aspects because I think creativity in general is a very complex, um, a complex quality of being human. And um, we have all mm -hmm. these constructs mm -hmm. that say, well, you're creative if you do this, if you know how to draw, if you know how to paint, if you went to art school, you're artistic if you, you know, can do this. And I think that I think that we're innately born creative and we have this pull to express our creativity for a reason. And I, you know, one of the things that I am really exploring now is creativity as a, a form of self-care, um, a way to maintain wellness in our daily life. And that creativity is there for us mm. to reconnect with our center, our spirit, our soul, the things that light us up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, I, I agree with you 100% with all, all of those uh, wonderful reasons to be creating art. And I do believe everybody is creative. It doesn't need to be with a pencil and piece of paper or a needle and thread. Like, 
how you do the gardening is creative or cooking is creative because all of these processes you're taking nothing right. and turning it into something so, uh, we quite often overlook um, creativity in our lives because we think it has to be a certain way or it has to be a done with a certain thing so it's um i think it's quite freeing when you realize that creativity is across all all exactly. different genres and and living you know rest in the morning and and putting together yeah. your favorite outfit or that's creative baking too. or cooking <laughs> you know? or if you're painting um a bedroom a color it's still creative um, yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah that's right yeah it's um it's quite fun and i just had very curious um going back to when you were talking about you're working with all these different creatives and um i was wondering did, was there any kind of like common thread that you noticed between all of them or were there certain elements that really stood out that you kind of thought hmm, oh that's, that's a good question um i think I would have to say the thing that comes up is the struggle comes from when we are trying to adhere to what we considered good art or a good perfect project or a masterpiece. Um, when we use other people's, um, you know, uh, definitions of what is considered art or what mm -hmm. is considered look, that looks good when we adhere to that, that creates the struggle of you can't really access that mm -hmm. place of being fully authentic, you know, artistically authentic to what you want to express. So then that's, there's a conflict there. There's a struggle there. Well, it should look like this, or it didn't look like that because that's what I saw online. That's what I saw in the museum, on the walls of the gallery. Um, or I don't understand what art is or what it's supposed to. But I feel like it's when we get to that place where we can just really fully be in touch with how we want to express ourselves, whether that's through poetry, whether that's through singing or dancing by ourselves through our favorite music, it, you know, our gardening, um, I think it's important to follow that. You know, if there is a curiosity there, if mm -hmm. there is a, a, hmm, that's interesting, I want to follow that, you should follow it, because I believe that's what creativity is calling us to do. So, yeah. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree with you more, I think. Um, and that's, that's the where the excitement is, because there's the what-if moments that you were referring earlier to, is what happens if or I'm really interested in this so yeah I think I'll look into it a bit more that that kind of idea and I love what you were saying about um, the internal dialogue and the struggle that the artists have of what they're creating and comparing yeah. themselves to others exactly. and what they think yeah. it should look like and it made me think of um, Van Gogh and his work. I know he's a well-cited and referred to artist, but if you think of um, what he was up against in his day, it was exactly the same experience, wasn't it? He was creating these things that were so wild mm -hmm. and so different from what the standard was, the standard of painting was of the day, that he wasn't 
recognized as being an artist at all um and yet now we look at it we almost kind of take it yeah. for granted because he's such a well-known artist and such a well -known figure but it was incredibly avant-garde at the time yeah. you didn't see anybody painting like that like to take paint straight out of the tube not even mix it up and just you know kind of whack it on the, the yeah. canvas i mean that's a really good like, example of his art was misunderstood because it didn't fit into what society thought as was art and um and then you look mm. at the stuff that's done today i mean uh, i think through the pandemic it has really opened up this expansion of what is art, uh, whether it's street art, you know, whether it's um, even stitching. I'm, I'm so surprised at how much stitching and embroidery has come back, you know, and it's um, interesting to see that art is found everywhere. Um, so it's, it's important not to minimize it or say that's not art, you know like you said with Van Gogh. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and and that's a good point actually, because, um, you know, there's, um, there's always a, a new trend in the art world and it seems to go in cycles. So sculpture will be a thing, glass will be a thing, um, painting will be a thing. And I guess in the 60s and 70s, there was kind of a big revival of textile yes. art and working with big macrame wall hangings and um, I guess a lot of the, the garments at, at the time people were in the kind of like the hippie movement so there was lots of stitching on clothes and that kind of thing so it it really is in some senses a renaissance and I love it because I'm um, born a textile artist you could say that was kind of like mm -hmm. how I was raised uh, and it was always something that wasn't really considered art so I really appreciate that it, it's now um, recognized as such as opposed yeah. to being women's yeah. work kind of thing so I think I think it's great that um, Pete, there's a, a resurgence and an interest and an understanding of, of what is textile art as well as art yeah. as a whole yeah 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 quite quite fascinating um, and I really like with your stitching, Lisa, so your workshop comes out next Thursday and you take us through this wonderful process. Would you like to talk a little bit about that creative process mm -hmm. and how you incorporate well, that? Well, into like your I mentioned, life? I think um, a creative practice or an art practice is important to have in terms of maintaining some sort of calm, some sort of zen in your life. Um, life is stressful unpredictable we don't know what's going to happen and sometimes we're just so um there's so much noise in our life and i think it's important to find that place where you can retreat to to find that stillness and that calm and to reconnect with your creativity and to reconnect with your soul in order to listen more clearly to what your intuition and your inner wisdom is telling you. So I really believe that the stitching that I'm gonna present next week is just another form, another art practice that you can use to you know, get in touch with what your intuition is telling you and your inner compass is guiding you. So for example, 
example, if you have a, a, a decision to make or if you want clarity on something, you can use this art practice to get in touch with that clarity and that deeper wisdom. Mm, I, I think that um, I think people are going to have a lot of fun with that because it's a it's a bit of mixed media in a sense that you're inviting people to contemplate uh, yeah. something. I don't want to give too much away, but at the same time, and then you're also engaging with the needle and thread and some fabrics and um, yeah. just having a wonderful time. Um, and it makes me think. Um, it leads on quite nicely to what you're contributing to the all access pass. Would you like to share oh, the what mixed that media well? minis? That seems to be a, mm. a real popular online course that I offer. Um, and it is really about working small. So when you work small, you kind of relieve some of that expectation of it has to be a masterpiece. It has to be a finished project, but to utilize mixed media minis to explore different types of materials like fabric, stitching, collaging paper, uh, watercolor. And if you don't like the one you're working on, you just grab another tile and start over. Um, so it's really, I love the fact that if you work smaller, you can free up your creativity a little bit easier. So um, yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, that just really does complement what you're sharing next week for the Making Zen online retreat. And I can see how one would very much uh, complement the other. You could work hand in hand with those two yeah. processes or together. Um, so that's it's a really lovely um, offering as part of Making Zen. Thank you. Thank you so much Thank for you your time for today, Lisa. Me. It's really lovely to connect with you. Oh my goodness, it's it's I wonderful know. that we can connect and oh, just in time for the retreat that starts next week. So um, I know everybody is super excited and super looking forward to all of the creativity that happens next week. Is there any um, parting words that you'd like to share with us um, before well, we sign um, up for the day? If you want to learn more about my online classes, workshops or retreats, you can go to truecreativitywithin.com. <laughs> thank <Very> you <laughs> it's a pleasure well, wishing you a wonderful weekend I look forward to seeing you and everybody else back for our Making Zen next week to have some serious fun, some serious creativity and some serious Zen uh, until then, much love bye bye, bye.